three, two, one. We are live. Nick, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Ali. How are you, my man? I'm doing great, man. So you are the first person to be on here twice. I feel like a celebrity. Like a celebrity. You are a celebrity, man. You are a celebrity. <laughs> how you feel equals what you are, right? I mean, this is 2020. I mean, yeah, 2020 has been crazy. So I guess that could definitely be a thing. Yes. So we are here with Nick Petrakis about to record an episode uh, about sports, you know, because we are both crazy sports fans and we don't have sports right now. And we are very angry about that. Yes. Me, me and Ali spent a lot of uh, different times yelling at the TV together when we were roommates oh, God. Oh, at, uh, at different sports teams. <laughs> yes. Dude, the worst one, like the worst memory I have of that is watching the Leafs put like Leafs play the Bruins in uh, game oh. seven when they were losing. I'm like, fuck, man. Like, why, why are you guys so trash? Let's not talk about uh, the Leafs in game <laughs> seven. Or, or my, uh, my friend Steve Dangle might hear this podcast and then uh, be really upset. He's not Who's actually friend my Steve? friend. He's not actually Dangle. my friend. He's a famous, famous YouTuber. If you guys don't know who he is, check him out. Uh, LFR. He's really, he's really great. One of my favorites. What's he do, though? Like, does he, like, is he a big Leafs fan? Is he a big Bruins fan? He, so as you know, I'm a huge Leafs fan, and yes. uh, this guy's one of my favorite guys. I've been reading his uh, his memoir during the quarantine right now. He, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty great. Um, but he makes a reaction video after every Leafs game, and then he became uh, pretty famous. And now he works for Sportsnet as a reporter and like a content person, and he has a really big following on YouTube. He's a wow. he's a great he's he's really awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Man. Yeah, um, I I got a problem with like certain sub people, like certain sports reporters. They're yeah. like they're big characters. For example, like Stephen A. Smith or Skip Bayless, but they've yeah. never actually played like pro sports themselves. They're only reporters. But at the same time, they're also like the reporters. Everybody watches. Everyone likes watching watching just because they're a character. So yeah, like what I think with that, I think it depends. So I know I think that if you're a former athlete, you definitely have a an advantage when you're a reporter because you kind of see the plays like. Uh, You'll see some uh, former QBs uh, hop on and be reporters, and they they basically know mm-hmm. everything right away because yeah. they can like, okay, he's doing this play, this play, this play. And me and you both being uh, athletes in different sports, um, we kind of just know how the play is going, and we kind of know different plays. Mm-hmm. So we, we can adapt more, so we kind of know the strategies. But I do think people that aren't pro athletes can be good reporters, but they just have to be true to themselves. They can't like pretend that they know the game, but they can have an opinion on it. So that, that's what I think. Um, I agree, man. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's the way it goes. So yeah. when you first heard that the NHL season was going to be canceled, because it wasn't canceled right away. First they said, like, we're going to have games without any fans in the stadium. And then yeah. they announced that it would be canceled for the rest of the season. What, what was your first reaction to that when that happened? My first reaction was not a sign of relief, but almost um, – I was happy that the Leafs whirlwind season would kind of be on halt because their season has been so up and down, coaching changes, uh, players not scoring. Other than Austin Matthews, hopefully was going to win the Rocket Richard. He's in the top three at scoring. Uh, the Leafs kind of were all over the place. So for me, it, it's, it's a sign of relief because I don't know if they weren't going to make the playoffs or not. Because they are in a really, really tight race. Yeah. So yeah. when that happened, I was like, ah. 
<laughs> the entire year, they were either like in the last seat of the playoffs or they were out of the playoffs. It's just been a very stressful year. As a Leafs fan myself as well, it's been it's been hard to watch them, man. It's just been, yeah, it's been very hard. It's been very hard. Cardiac sure. Leafs, the cardiac Leafs. Honestly, like my blood pressure is all over the place this year. And thankfully, though, with some of the bright spots, like Austin Matthews being in the top three in scoring for majority of the season, William Nylander having a great season, Mitch Marner being up and down but being really good some nights. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a it was a really great season to watch but it was just very much all over the place because there was times where the media would be like the Leafs aren't going to make the playoffs but they were a couple points out and there's times when they say that the drought's over and they're two points in like (laughs) in the playoffs so it's just been all over the place I didn't know how to feel about it (laughs) one thing that would always bother me like about hockey itself is that you know the Leafs us like some years we do really well some years like like this past year like we just barely are hanging in there the fucking Bruins are always doing so well every year. It's always a huge bother to me, man. Well, it's it's different because the the Leafs blueprint and the the Bruins blueprint uh, blueprint is a little bit different. So with the Bruins, they had a lot of players buy into their system. So that means they took a pick cut, so they got good uh, contracts. Their their best players like Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak are all making, I believe, under eight or eight and a half million. With Pasternak, I think, being at the lowest at 6.66. Don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. That's what I think. And then you have players. Yeah. Then you have people on the Leafs, like, all kind of not greedy for money, but they all want to get paid a lot, where their three players, Marner, Matthews, and Tavares, are all hovering around 11, 11.5 million. So I think when that happens, you kind of lose that on your depth. And I think the Leafs are kind of feeling that. And I think the Bruins just uh, winning the cup before and being good for so many years and like a constant thread in the playoffs. I think people kind of bought in to them more. Whereas for the Leafs and Dubis being a newer GM, a really young guy, big analytic mm-hmm. guy. Um, what is he like? Thirty six or something like thirty four? Yeah, de- definitely under forty. Like so we young. could definitely, dude. We could have we could have been at a bar and grabbed a beer at this guy and we would have never known. We would, yeah, exactly. See, he looks like he other looks GMs nothing like, like 15, hockey player. Yeah, he, like, he, he doesn't look like an exec. Definitely not. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah, pretty funny. And I'm not saying he's a brilliant guy. He's so smart. But it's interesting to see uh, how analytics are coming to play in the NHL. Have you seen the movie uh, Moneyball? Oh, of course, yeah. So, very good movie. Very good movie. Yeah. So, you see how they're really big in analytics with the, mm-hmm. the Oakland the Oakland A's? Oakland I kind of feel yeah, like – Yeah, I kind of feel like the Leafs are, like – the common day Oakland A's and we're just kind of seeing if it works. <laughs> See, here's the problem with that. Like um, in baseball, because you play over 180 games every year, I yeah. feel like analytics has more of a, uh, you can like use analytics more because like, you have a greater chance. Like, if you lose 20 games, it's not a big deal. Okay. Like you, like you lose one game today, no problem. Tomorrow, tomorrow we got another one. But in yeah. games like NHL, you have 80 games a uh, season, which is a lot less than 180. And in yeah. sports like like uh, football, like in the NFL, you have 16 games every year. Yeah, so if, if you mess up, it's going to really affect you. If you mess up team. one game, like very often every year, one game is the difference like, like between going to the playoffs or going home. Yeah, exactly. So I feel, I'm not sure like how NFL, uh, the NHL uses analytics, but I imagine it's got – a lot more weight on than like in baseball. Yeah, it's like they have a lot of things with like Corsi and like how much puck uh, possession you have, 
uh, how much your team scores when you're on the ice, just kind of things like that to see if you drive your line or not. Mm -hmm. But I do think that analytics are important in, in all sports, but specifically in baseball, because even if it's a team sport, um, I think that when the players have their own at-bats, it's almost like they're playing uh, the sport by themselves as like yeah. an individual. So that's why you can kind of see the stats um, be more efficient with their analytics and be more uh, consistent. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think analytics are like the most relevant in baseball, but I think mm -hmm. all other sports are, uh, are coming towards that because there are guys in hockey now that are just uh, apparently really good analytic guys that they used to be like overshadowed all the time. Mm -hmm. Like I remember uh, Ron Hainsey is one of the mm -hmm. first guys that had really good analytic numbers and uh, people hated him on the Leafs, but uh, he had really good analytic numbers. So <laughs> just random guys like that. Did, I mean, who did you? Like, huh? yeah, yeah, go yeah. Ahead. No, you go first. Yeah, so I was going to say, because I know one of the NFL teams that you, that likes to use analytics a lot, in fact, they're known for using analytics, is the Cleveland Browns. And I'm sure you know what their history is like, at least in the past couple of decades. They've always been the laughingstock of the entire league. And they had a season where they went 0-16. Sorry, they, they went 1-15. and And their head coach yeah. said, I can guarantee next year next year we will not be one in fifteen. I can't take it. Like like it's just not possible. And guess what? <laughs> next year after that, they went 0 and 16 instead of oh one. So they, they got worse and worse. And the funny thing is the the uh the, the team, like the management own ownership, did not fire him after either of those two seasons. He was still the head coach, which is crazy. Because if any other head coach goes without winning a sing winning one game in two years, they would be fired instantly probably way before that would happen. And because yeah. of their use of analytics, they are still, you know, chasing a playoff berth. Some, some, something they haven't had in, like, I don't know how I don't know how many years, like, 20, like 2002 or something like that. <laughs> yeah, they've been a crazy. bad team for a long time. Yeah. And I think the fact that they didn't uh, fire fire the their head coach or their GM, um, I think that shows that they know their team shit. Because they're yeah. like, yeah, it's not your fault. You just don't have a good team. But <laughs> – I was I was kind of cheering for Brady to go there because if Brady went there, it kind of feel like that would be the change of the franchise. Mm -hmm. He'd kind of come in for a couple of years, leave his mark, and then leave. But we'll we'll see how Brady does over there yeah. in Tampa. I don't yeah. think I don't think Brady would have gone to the Browns just because uh, the Browns still have Baker Mayfield, who's still a pretty good quarterback, but he still has a lot to learn in terms of mm -hmm. if he wants to become a franchise quarterback. He's still very young. I believe he's my age, like twenty four or something like that. I mean, he also had a great rookie year, so everyone's ex expectations of him just, like, were sky high. And yeah. The, the expectations. But something about quarterbacks, it's quarterbacks get way too much credit when, they, when, when the team wins, and, mm -hmm. and they take way too much blame when the team loses. But because they have the ball in their hands so often, and they're the ones who are calling the plays, they're the field general. But the thing is, for a pass play, let's say you got a pass play – and you gotta and you gotta throw the ball ten yards down the field. If the people mm -hmm. in front of the quarterback, like the offensive lineman, if they don't block properly, if the running back doesn't come up and, and and pick up the blitz, and if the other wide receivers and the tight ends go for their routes and they don't actually execute their routes perfectly, then the one person you're gonna throw the ball to might not get a shot to get to where he's gonna get, so you can throw him the ball. So it really is an all-encompassing team sports, for sure. And I think. Um one of one of the teams that we saw this applicable to is kind of actually the Patriots this year 
And mm-hmm. I think it's because, yeah. like, Brady was missing his, like, sidekick. He didn't have Gronk. They had their team had a lot of injuries. He couldn't really get um, on the right groove with any of his receivers. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that if he had that and their guys were running the plays that he wanted or properly, I think New England would have been a bigger threat this year in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, and their defense was, like, for the first half of the season, they, their, their defense was amazing. Their defense was scary. They were being talked about as one of the best defenses of all time, which is, you know, I mean, it's, it's a lot of praise. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's a team game, special teams, defense, offense, coaching. Everything has to, be, has to be working together. You're only as strong as your weakest link. And it turns out mm-hmm. they were not strong, and, and, they got, and, they, and they lost in the first, first round of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, this this brings me to ask. I want to ask you a couple of questions. I'm just curious about your opinion. Um, so the first one is, where do you think New England will end up uh, in the standings? Do you think they'll make the playoffs? Do you think Tampa Bay will make the playoffs with Brady? And how many wins do the Cleveland Browns get this year? Okay, so okay, okay so you got three separate questions. Okay, I'm going to answer them one yeah. by one. Hopefully, in the order you ask them. So the That's first okay. one is, do you think the Patriots will make the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Um, if you had asked me that question maybe about, about about two months ago, I would have said yes. But this year, I'm going to say no for this reason. Other than get, getting rid of Brady, the Patriots got rid of uh, some of their other very good players. For example, Kyle Van Noy, one of their uh, defensive starters, one of the best players on, their, on that defensive team is now gone as well. Um, yeah. Julian Edelman, he's, uh, you know, he's still injury-ridden. He's still a very good player. I mean, one of my favorite players to watch, very exciting player to watch. But mm-hmm. – and you got to think of who will Brady's successor be. Like, who is it really going to be? And they also don't have uh, a lot of help at the moment on their offensive line. They have mm-hmm. a lot of injured players. I believe they also signed one of their uh, defensive backs. I could be wrong on that, but I think they also uh, – they, they released one of their defensive backs, like one of yeah. their good players. And yeah. I don't think – and they also released one of their kickers. Like, like, their, like their kicker – has been around for I don't know like over a decade now. You know. Oh, he, that, is it is it the really old kicker? No, uh, Adam Vinatieri. That guy played. That guy played for my team for the Colts. Like like he's still. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure what's happening with him. But the Patriots released. Um, what was his name? Was it Steven Goskowski? Was their kicker? They released him. Oh. So yeah. they clearly have some rebuilding to do. Like their locker room has to have some rebuilding, I believe. But then again, at the same time, they have the greatest coach of all time at the helm, arguably greatest owner of all time at the helm. So you can never count them out, man. Like, it's the Patriots. They're the well, most successful be, dynasty of all time. So we'll see what sure. happens. Wouldn't it just be yeah. crazy to think about them not being in the playoffs? Like, I don't even think I, re- <laughs> I, don't think I remember the last time I watched playoff football without mm-hmm. the Patriots being in the playoffs. I, don't even I remember, remember in 2008, Tom Brady was injured in the first game of, of the regular season. And mm-hmm. I believe he had torn his ACL or his MCL or something like that. And the Patriots – were knocked out of the playoffs in the last week of the regular season. So they were still in the hunt, like in the playoff race without Tom Brady up until the very last week of the season. So they are so they were a very good team. But again, this yeah. was over this was over ten years ago and things have changed since then. They don't have they and they don't have any of the players they had back then right now. Yeah. So do you do you think Brady can push the, the Bucks into the playoffs this year? It's a good question. I mean if you look at the Buccaneers, right? They had Jameis Winston last year. And he had yeah. 30 touchdowns with 30 interceptions, which is unheard of. Like, you don't throw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. It's just crazy. Like, he it turned the ball over. Yeah, he turned the ball over 30 times. And imagine how many points other teams other teams must have scored with those turnovers. But yeah. the Buccaneers also have arguably, in my opinion right now, the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. 
And last year, I mean, I, I mean, I was playing fantasy football last year. And like they were always, they were in rank, uh, rank number one and number two with Jameis Winston throwing them the ball. So now they're going to have Tom Brady throwing them the ball, which is, you know, the greatest of all time, even though he's really old. It makes a difference. But um, they also have a, have some great defensive players like Shaq Barrett. Uh, I believe they, I believe they re-signed Indomitian Sue. I could be wrong on that. Uh, yeah, J- just yeah. having Brady on their team is just going to make other people want to be on their team it's just gonna it's a very easy selling point for like a fans a struggling franchise and just mm-hmm. players in general to want to come I, 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 I really, do see yeah, yeah go ahead yep. sorry sorry go ahead no I was just gonna say I see the Bucks squeezing in at like 10 and 6 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah maybe but um also the Buccaneers so something I'm really excited for is is we're gonna get to see Tom Brady play against Drew Brees twice a year which is awesome you know two of the best quarterbacks of all time playing each other yeah. in the same division uh, and Matt Ryan is in that division as well with the Falcons. He's so also they're, really good. yeah, he's really good too. I mean, he's still in his prime. So the Buccaneers, they're in a very tough division right now. I mean, the Panthers, they're going through like a bit of a bit of a, uh, a bit of a rebuild right now because they because they just released Cam Newton. But mm-hmm. they're in a very tough division, and if they want to win that division, the Buccaneers have a very uphill battle ahead of them. But as is every other team, because yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Now, to get to your third question you had, will the Browns make the playoffs? Uh, I think it's too early to say because it's still – the draft is just about to happen. So I would say yeah. it depends on how well they draft. Like, they definitely need, like, some new weapons. They have to bolster up that offensive line because Baker Mayfield, again, if he has more time to throw the ball, even, like, a few yeah. more milliseconds, it would, make, it would make all the difference in the world. I, I think they're going to hit five points this year, five yeah. or six. Yeah, wow. Which, <laughs> so you don't think so? You don't think they're gonna make the playoffs? I don't. I don't think so. I just. I don't know. I think. Well, firstly, we don't even know if we're gonna have the season yet, which mm-hmm. yeah. we probably will. But we'll see what happens. But um, I don't know. I I can see them getting like five to seven wins. So I'll say six wins. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they have it in them. They don't have enough depth yet. And I just think like their QB being such a young guy. I just think mm-hmm. you need more of a winning pedigree. Like, I'm a big believer in having that that in the locker room that mm-hmm. can kind of just help uh, put like put their nerves down. And I think, like, just talking about hockey really quickly, I think the Leafs don't have that, so I think that's one of their biggest problems. But I think you need veteran leadership on any in any sports team. Mm-hmm. Someone just has been through the waves. One of the criticisms I, uh, um, I heard about the Leafs, I believe I saw this on TSN, was that yeah. uh, like when they're just like waiting, like when players finish their shifts and they go and they go on the bench and like wait for uh, their shift to come up again, the criticism was that they were just sitting there and just like they weren't fired up at all. They were just sitting there quietly watching the game, and that and they were saying that other reporters were saying this is the reason they have no energy like while playing, like they're not excited to go out there and play hockey. And there's well, and. and and, and uh, sorry, last point. They were blaming this on John Tavares because they the, the, like the team pretty much was became a mold of John Tavares. Yeah, so I think that's for two for two different reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. My first reason is the Leafs core are very young guys, so they're very easily um, influenced. So I think that if you kind of see it with Marner and Matthews, when one of them's not playing well, the other one's not playing well, and I think they kind of just build off the, the energy because. Mm-hmm. They haven't had that success yet. And Tavares didn't have that much success with the Islanders uh, before we got him. So I think he hasn't gone through the motions that much either. And 
I don't think he's a bad player or a bad captain. I think he's a great player, great guy, uh, gets a lot of points, a uh, good two-way defend, uh, centerman, plays good defense, uh, scores his goals. But I do think that he didn't – I don't think everyone bought in on him being the captain. So I don't think Matthews should have been the captain. I actually think Morgan Riley should have been the captain. Morgan he, Riley. Yeah, he's been there since he was 18, made the team out of camp uh, as an 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're with the Leafs when they were the worst in the league. And he just got better and better every year. Coming off a breakout season, I think he just won the the locker room. And I actually think his injury and him not being in the locker room every day or playing uh, because he was injured for so long, I think that was is the main reason why the Leafs uh, were so inconsistent this year. Same. I actually think it was Morgan. Do you think the Leafs would have uh, made the playoffs? Yeah, I think I think they would have, man. I mean, I think it would have been, been close, but I think I think I think we would have squeaked in. Yeah, man. The Leafs. I, I feel like this yeah. year, like uh, Kyle Dubis, he's been. I mean, I'm not sure what he's doing. I'm, I'm not an NFL GM, like by any means. But I believe that, like, if this year the Leafs like don't make the playoffs, I think he could have been fired. I yeah. see. I I want to see that. I want to say that you're right, but I think just him and Shanahan just get along so well. So mm-hmm. I think I I don't think he would have been, but I think he should have been. If you know what I mean, yeah. it's, you can't have your your guys making this much money. We have like yeah. no money to sign all these other restricted free agents <laughs> coming up, like Morgan Riley and Frederick Anderson. We have no defense uh, we'll at see. all. My last question about hockey that I was just curious of what um, what what your opinion was was, did you think do you think Matthews was going to hit fifty goals? He was really close. He was like low mid forties. And do you think he would have won the most goal competition? So the Maurice Richard Trophy. He was up against Pasternak uh, and Ovechkin. There was, it was I like a three-headed think, horse. Yeah, I don't think he would have won that trophy against because uh, he plays against Ovechkin. I mean, it's against Ovechkin and Pasternak. Uh, I yeah. believe there was also like another um, another milestone for Ovi. And he was going to like hit like a certain number of goals in a season or like in a career. Oh, like man. Most, this guy, yeah. every, every goal he scored this year was just another milestone. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, like, he's getting up there. Yeah. yeah, like I feel like he's been chasing that a lot. I feel like Ovi still wants it more, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And I feel like my, my like Matthews. I feel he. I mean, he eventually will have the most goals in the NHL in a season, like throughout his career, yeah. more yeah. than once, I would say. But I don't think now is the time for that. Yeah, like I think he would have lost, maybe. But I do think out of the three that he was the most consistent this year, whereas Pasternak and Ovechkin were scoring in bunches. But that's scary because there was only under 15 games left. If either of them went on a hot streak, they'd get way more goals than Matthews. Yeah. I just thought something was something that was funny though was uh, the Leafs were all growing mustaches, or not all of them, but a lot of them, to support <laughs> Matthews' uh, quest to 50. Even uh, Justin Bieber was doing it. So I am against funny. that, man. Honestly, like I, I don't think I don't think that mustache looks good on Matthews at all. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not one of those guys. I'm just being straight up here. I love he looks the guy. Like the young, Young Pablo Escobar. <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> I hope Matthews <laughs> never listens to this just so he doesn't get mad at me. He won't ever let me come to the ACC. Awesome, Matthews. Or, or we about. love you, man. We love you, but please, please shave that stash. Please. Yeah. Save it, save it, for, save it for November. Yes, yeah. my, uh, did you want to talk about some uh, NBA too? I was, actually, I, was actually, I was actually just going to come to that right now. So, nice. you know, you and I are both diehard Raptors fans, especially after last year. How couldn't you be after that? How can you not be? I mean, it was amazing. One of the best, if not the best, uh, playoff 
performances by any one player in Kawhi Leonard. But after he left, everyone said, everyone said the Raptors are going to be trash. We're not going to make it in the playoffs. But we were, I believe, the second or the be- third best team in the league this year. And yep. it was a very fun time. You saw the entire team coming together and playing as a team. There was no like, there was no Kawhi Leonard, like a difference maker like him. But the team was playing together. Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, you know, Marcus Sol. When they Siakam, yeah, Siakam. What? When somebody was injured, the bench came up. Like everyone stepped up and made sure they could, you know, fill in, uh, fill up, fill up the shoes. There was you, a game. Kind of saw, yeah. There was a game with uh, the Mavericks where it was the biggest comeback in franchise history. We were down 30 points, I believe, in the third or the fourth quarter, and we came back and won. I actually turned that game off. You turned I it off? Watching, you turned it off? Oh, my God. I was watching, and I was just like, I don't want to see the, the Rabs get blown out. I'm like, screw this. Turned it off, and then I got the notification from the score app on my phone being like, Raptors win. And I literally thought my, my app was broken. I thought it was from like the day before or two days before. Nick, Nick, Nick. Not I, a good I one. I pity you, my friend. I pity you. That is a, <laughs> it's a bad mistake. I, I mean, I understand why you did it, but it's just, man, it just sucks that like, we won that game. Sucks how, for how far how far do you think the Raps would have gone in the playoffs this year? That's a very good question. I think, um, and I think we could have made it to the conference championships, man. Okay. That's what I uh, think, yeah. Yeah. Who do you think would have beat us out? The Bucks. Yeah. I think the, think Bucks the Bucks would have beat would us. Have won it all? Uh, it's a good question. It, it would probably, I mean, according to according to the records we have right now, and according to stats, it would have it would have been the Bucks against the Lakers in the finals, mm-hmm. which is a phenomenal game like uh, series. By the way, I gotta say, like, it would be so fun to watch. Um, but I do believe the Lakers would uh, would pull through in that one, and like they would be champions. Simply because of everything they have poured, in, it poured into LeBron and Anthony Davis. Like, this is the year they have to do it. And now they can't do it because of, the, because of the pandemic happening right now. Yeah, like, I know everyone was just like, oh, Clippers, oh, <laughs> Lakers, oh, Bucks. And was, they were all going to say it was one of the three. I had a, a sleeper. I actually thought Houston was going to win this year. Houston. And I, I, I thought that this would be the year that they could win. And the only reason why I'm saying that is I think Harden – would have wanted it so bad this year playing with Russ because they're like best buddies and now they're playing on the same team and it's like they're so fun to watch together and they're mm-hmm. giving each other cool handshakes and they come in together <laughs> they dress well together it's just it's real good bromance I was cheering for that yeah. but I, I that would have been my sleeper but I do think the Bucks probably would have won I just think my my boy the Greek freak Greek would have just he, he probably would have just pulled through so do I was going to think say that Houston. the Raptors would have. Uh, do you think that the Raptors would have gone to the finals this year or no? It's tough, man. Like, it depends if they were healthy or not. If they had everybody healthy, like Gasol and and everyone was just like a hundred percent, then then maybe they could go far. But I do, I do just like the makeup of their team. That I think it showed the NBA this year that you kind of don't need a top ten guy to be one of the best teams in the league. And yeah. it was we, – we were like that a little bit with DeRozan and, and Lowry, but this team just looks so much deeper, not very many flaws. It's just like they always come play. They play hard. They play as a team. They all bought into Nick Nurse's plan. And I think mm-hmm. uh, it was just – it was kind of refreshing for that. So I think, I think they, they would have won two rounds probably. 
pro- that would have been my thing. Probably two rounds. And then got kicked out. I just don't think it's their time. I think they needed just one more piece. And maybe not a superstar, but just, mm-hmm. you know, just, just one more piece. Just like a guy that can be a game breaker sometimes, steal you a couple games. I know the I know the Raptors like are really interested in signing Yanis, uh, Yanis the Greek freak, when mm-hmm. he's a free agent because uh, of the connection he has with uh, Masai Ujiri, the the Raptors' presidents. Yeah. But I feel like if the Bucks win a title with Giannis, he's not going anywhere. Well, the the thing is the the two things that you have to take into consideration with Giannis and if he wants to play for the Raps is okay. Number one. He has ties to the GM, and Toronto has a huge Greek population yeah. and a huge Greek atmosphere having the Danforth. We could have just named the street after him. It would have been happy. It would have been a done deal. <laughs> but the other thing you have to think about is when you're such a pro- prolific star like Giannis is and such a freak, I'm putting my fingers up in quotations, of nature in your sport, um, you just got to think about how you want to make a niche and how you want to be the guy that brings the championship to a franchise. And I honestly think the Bucks would be, is the best for that. They've been like a losing franchise for so long mm-hmm. that he could be the guy to bring the glory to us, just uh, the glory to them, just like uh, Kawhi was for us. So since Kawhi did it last year, I actually think it would, might deter Giannis from playing with the Raps just just because it's already been done. Hmm. Have the Bucks ever actually won an NBA title? Not sure if they have. I. Don't think so. Don't quote me, me on that. Right if you, you want right to check it, yeah. they definitely haven't been a, a very great team for a while. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't ever ever remember the Bucks being a good team, like, ever. <laughs> yeah. I just oh. wish... Uh, did oh, they, they have won a title, yeah, in 1971. <laughs> okay, well, like, whatever. We don't want to... <laughs> that's oh, only dinosaurs remember that. The last time, like, last year, they won, the, they, they won their division title. And the yeah. time they won won their division title before then was 2001. So for 18 years, they did not like win their division for 18 years. That's exactly. That's a long time. Yeah. That's a long time. So, Man. exactly. So he's kind of the guy that they needed. He kind of fits the mold perfectly. I think I think they got a great team. You know, they uh, they got a great coach in Mike Budenholzer. Uh, mm-hmm. They have a, they have a they have great fans as well, they're, and they're they're in an area like Milwaukee where they're big on sports. They love the Bucks and they love the Packers in Wisconsin. Yeah. They are just huge on sports. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, the Packers quarterback, is actually part owner of the Bucks, so they're oh, very really? intertwined. Yeah, they're very intertwined. So That's it's cool. exciting to see what's happening there. I think it's awesome. Yeah, they also have a lot of depth, so they have a lot of good guys that can play, not just not just him, right? Yeah, well, uh, Brooke Lopez is stepping up this year too. He was like, like he's being really good too. Mm-hmm. And Middleton too. Uh, Middleton. All those guys are good. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, you know, I, uh, huh? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say, you know that guy, um, the Navbatia here in Toronto, the super fan. Yeah, yeah. Giannis, uh, Giannis actually got it. I, I, I keep saying his, I keep saying his fucking name wrong, man. Giannis. Giannis. I'm yeah, Giannis. So I can say it. Yeah. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, he was actually having an interview saying the hardest team to play against was the Raptors simply because of Navbatia and his trash talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I found it hilarious. And Navbatia actually actually retweeted uh, that tweet, like like retweeted Giannis's response, and it was it was hilarious. Like the guy is like he will talk trash to you when you're playing against him, but the second the whistle goes off, he's like uh, he's like the nicest guy ever, like to everyone, yeah. like, all the opponents and everybody else. 
I was gonna say, do you think uh, he mistake he mistaken uh, Superfan for Drake? I mean, they kind they kind of look alike, right? Uh, they look. <laughs> I, I don't think so, man. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but Drake has the funniest trash talk ever. Like that guy oh, is freaking hilarious. It's so funny. They're such they're such funny guys. I know. Like every time Drake is on the screen, like like during an NBA game, everyone just fucking loses their shit just because whatever he does is hilarious. It's just funny. Yeah. Jay, he just has like a very uh his emotions are very they he, they he expresses his emotions like very prominently like you can very much see whatever he's thinking with his facial expressions and oh, he just overdoes them so it's so funny <laughs> the funniest part with drake is when he put on a, a steph curry's dad's jersey when we oh, were playing golden state last year in the playoffs <laughs> that was amazing that was like the funniest was so thing funny. ever. so yeah. funny all right, brother, we are coming up here on 30 minutes. Thank you for being my guest, Nick. I appreciate it, brother. No problem. Happy to talk some sports and uh, Absolutely. give give people something to, to think about uh, during this time when there is no sports because right yeah. now I feel very empty without sports. Oh, my goodness. Imagine when it comes back, we're going to be going crazy. We're going to be going to every game. We're going to be going to every single game. Like, I don't give a damn. We'll, like, we will spend all our money go, like, on game tickets. <laughs> Let's go. I don't, I don't know about that, but definitely go to the <laughs> bar a couple times. <laughs> Either one's fine with me. All right, <laughs> All right brother. Exactly. All right. Take care, Ali. Take care, man.